Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, this is Power Card, aka Project Pat, and you're listening to the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast, the best Ravens podcast on the planet. That's pretty incredible. In fact, it's La Marvelous. Thank you guys. All right, welcome on back to another edition of the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. It is Tuesday, December 8th. My name is Jake Luke. Joined on my screen by uh, Spencer Schultz. I am loving the aesthetic right now. He's got the hair going, looking like a prime Jason Sudeikis. The beard looks great. The background, I don't It's some sort of rustic beach situation you got going on. It looks like you're living right now, man. Living it up. Living inside the, the crying minds of the feeble Yinzers who feel broken and damned after uh, taking a bloody L, in the words of Bud Dupree. It was bloody. Alex Smith uh, had the, his Kirk Schilling game out there. Um, Bud Dupree really called that one. Yeah, a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people were a little concerned. Uh, watching Alex Smith play in twenty twenty is definitely a roller coaster because every single drop back, it's like you're just on the edge of your seat, hoping nothing bad happens to the guy. And to see that, I didn't actually see it live. I saw it on Twitter. I was like, oh fuck, like, what's happening here? This is not good. Turns out that was not the surgically repaired leg. He just kind of got cleated or something. So. He's okay. Uh, he made a nice throw to uh, Scam Sims down the sideline there uh, near the end of the game. Got them where they needed to be, and they uh, walk out of Pittsburgh with the big win on uh, the early double header situation Monday Night Football. I gotta say, I like the uh, I like the time slot they're working with. Even when we get back to normal times, I want to see them fuck around with time slots a little bit better because I'm liking it a lot. But uh, they walk away with the win in Pittsburgh. Steelers drop their first game of the season. You hate to see that. Hate to see it, love to watch it go. It was an interesting one overall. Get to see the Steelers have had some real troubles down around the goal line. That is last week, That's that's been going on a while. They can't punch the ball in. They don't want to do the quarterback sneaks. They failed on six consecutive plays after a personal foul was called on uh what's the big boy in the middle of the def- the Redskins defense his name's escaping me 98 97 um, can't remember his name off the top of my head Mara Mara he has a unique name but anyway he uh gives a little shove doesn't matter the Wifters down 14 nothing come storming back Alex Smith with a gutsy performance checking the ball down checking the ball down checking the ball down kind of the same thing the Steelers do they 
pick you apart. And it uh, gave them a little bit, little taste of their own medicine. They're without Bud Dupree. They're without Devin Bush. The Wifters defense is playing some great football right now. And I'll tell you, them and the Giants, man, badass defenses. Uh, you know, I, I, w- I would want to say that Washington's offense right now with Smith is a little bit more potent than maybe Colt McCoy and a little safer than what Daniel Jones might present with all those turnovers. So both of those teams, though, outstanding defenses, excited to see what they can do over the final course of the season. It looks like those two are probably going to duke it out. And I'm looking forward to that one. I believe week 16, I might be mistaken, but that's going to be a fun one. But ultimately, the Steelers uh, can go, you know, crying TikTok themselves to sleep tonight and then be like, we're still 11-1. Don't act like you're not concerned. Do not act like you're not concerned if you're a Steelers fan right now. I think it's interesting. I think uh, I I would be a little concerned if I were they were, but it kind of felt like a loss was coming and like might as well just get it out of the way. And they're still probably going to have a good shot at that bye. So maybe taking a loss is not going to necessarily be the worst thing for them. It can kind of point out the stuff that they need to work on, which uh, our boy uh, Mr. Humble Pie, Eric Ebron, just the most the, – the elder statesman of the Steelers, just – very, you know, gentlemanly, always just, you know, playing it completely straight. He was very humble after the game today. He has the things they need to work on, and uh, they're just going to go work on it. I mean, what a what a great guy that Eric Enron is. Fuck him, Eric by the Enron. way. He stinks. He, he absolutely stinks. He runs his mouth, and he got what was coming to him today. He definitely did. He's had some dropsies, some oopsies, and the Wifters took that one from them, and... At this point, it's uh, interesting to see how things play out. The Chiefs are rolling and doing so casually, it feels like, for the most part. They uh, have some some divisional divisional opponents that it appears like those games are close because of some, some weird miscues and some bounces that go the wrong way. But ultimately, it's going to be fun seeing how the, the race plays out in the AFC for that top seed, while the Ravens, on the other hand, are down Shit's Creek with uh, a couple of nasal swab paddles trying to get out of COVID season and swim up the river. And it's going to be interesting. They have to play those Giants. And that's a, a tough team. It's only given up five offensive touchdowns in the last four games. Uh, we'll, we'll get into this Cowboys game ahead of tonight, if you're listening, on Tuesday. And it's uh, going to be interesting. But Love to see the Steelers with a little heat from the Browns. That's going to be a fun one as well. The Ravens are going to get the Browns next week, and that's really the game of the year for the Ravens at this point, and the Steelers are going to be rooting for the Ravens in that one. Yeah, they can afford to lose that one, certainly. I think they can probably afford to lose one if they want to have a realistic shot at the playoffs. So that's going to be their toughest game, and they can afford to lose it, but I think you're talking about a gut check game. If you can go in there and get it done against the Brownies who looked – you know, let's just say it. They looked red hot against that Titans team who a lot of people assumed were just going to roll over them in Nashville. They went in there and they were uh, they were having a, a good old fashioned bachelorette party down there on the field. They're just having a good old time. Baker was uh, kind of wide open, making some uh, making some good throws, though. He had that, that one touchdown to the back of the end zone where he looked the guy off was really good. And then he had that little slide celebration, which was nice. So uh, Brownies quietly stacking wins, probably going to be winning double digit games this year, which uh you know, I, I thought they were going to be a decent team, so it's not that big of a surprise. But, you know, it, it is always a surprise to see the Browns looking competent at anything in our lifetime. So for it to finally kind of come to fruition after all these years of like hype and like, is this the year? Like this was kind of the year where it was just like it was the quietest, especially compared to last year where they just like every other 
day, it seemed like Baker Mayfield was on some like cover of like some magazine and like saying all this shit and kind of just all blew up in their face. Like, I think what I, I, I commend the Browns about is they've kind of just kept their mouth shut and gone about their business this year and very quietly. And, uh, you know, some people are calling them fraudulent too. Maybe they are, but nine and three, you know, that speaks for itself. So good for them. Yeah. I mean, Miles Garrett on that defense, their defensive front is great. And we talk about the hype that the Browns have had. I think a lot of that is due to, to you know, wide receivers and, and the playmaker types. But at the end of the day, they have no Odell Beckham and they're playing quite well without him. I don't, you know, I, I said on Twitter, I don't want to say that they're playing better because they don't have Odell Beckham, but I would like to see what a parallel universe looks like where they have Odell right now because they're playing smash mouth football. They have five great offensive linemen. Uh, Wills has really rounded into form a little quicker than I even thought he was going to. And they've got, I mean, Conklin, Teller, Batonio, uh, who's the what's the center's name can't think of his name Treader. off the top of my head but jc Treader, right yeah the Treader. they they have probably the strongest five in the nfl right now and they're bullying people off the ball you have nick chubb coming downhill you have kareem hunt who's able to attack angles really well do some things in the passing game and i fucking love jarvis landry i really always have uh he's a he's a capital d dog and is is not that you know flashy type receiver he is uh badass wide receiver he uh hits he blocks he, he you know makes tough catches he also makes spectacular catches he's a little bit more gritty than most and it's a fun team right now they they basically are a better version talent wise of the titans they run that that heavy set offense that uses a lot of zone they run a little bit more power but they have some similar pillars in that offense where they can really hurt you off of the run game, into the boot game, into the play action game, and they simplified things for Baker, and that's the best thing you can do. I think Baker and Tannehill are in, you know, similar situations right now as far as the the talent in their backfield and having some some really fundamentally sound offensive coordinators. And I, I think the Titans, you know, showed some moxie as well coming back in that game. So, so I mean, some really great games all around so far this week. The you know. The blowout of the Chargers was interesting to me by the Patriots. They are really putting themselves in the conversation of, of respect and able to make a run at things, make things interesting for their fans. The Jets-Raiders game was absolutely fucking bananas. Uh, tons of stuff going on. The Vikings and the Jags late. This was a, a fun weekend so far, and, and hopefully the Ravens are able to put a purple exclamation point on it. Yeah, I mean, it was a fun weekend as far as the results went, but uh, the Ravens went like over five and just got an absolute fucking atomic wedgie uh, as far as their playoff chances went on Sunday because pretty much every team they needed to win lost, every team they needed to lose won. It was uh, it was a tough scene out there. They had the Dolphins are still in the mix. They beat the Bengals. You had obviously the Raiders. They should have lost that game. Shout out to Greg Williams, turned down 50 jobs to go to the Jets and uh, he's without a job today because he runs some sort of weird zero blitz engage eight type thing. Derek Carr steps up in the pocket, hits our boy Hammer and Hank going down the sideline. Terrible job by Lamar Jackson, who does not show up in the big games and the clutch situations, got turned around by Henry Ruggs there. So Lamar Jackson's awful. Um, yeah, so Jets get the win, <laughs> their first win there. You have, we mentioned the Brownies, neither the Titans to win that game to kind of run away with the AFC South. They do not. Colts get the win over the Texans. They're st still very much in the wild card race. The Ravens, thankfully, have the tiebreaker there, but that's tough. Patriots have the tiebreaker over them. They get that big win. It's getting murky, and uh, the Ravens are on the wrong end of a lot of these tiebreakers, it looks like. But, uh, you know, still a lot of football left to be played. So it's just sort of a check-in. Dolphins have a tough schedule. That's a team that I, uh, I'm curious to see how things play out when they have to play some, some better competition. 
they uh, they kind of, you know, the Bengals had one big play that really kept them in it, but made things interesting. That game ended in some brawls. But, yeah, the Ravens' playoff chances right now, go 10-6, and six, go 11-5, and five, you're in a good spot. Win, win against the Cowboys, go beat the Browns, you're, you're looking good. So they have an opportunity over the next seven days, six days from when they play the Cowboys to take control of their season. And at that point, you know, maybe the Browns slip up, lose another game. They have to play the Steelers still again. And you're uh, right where you, they're right where you want them. So at this point, got to bank on the fact that it's just crazy to me. If if the Ravens, I want to say something crazy. Like I'll do blank if the Ravens go 10 and 6 and don't make the playoffs. After the league expands the playoffs for the first time in 19 years. Whenever the, I think whenever the Texans. It's, I think since uh, the, Divisional realignment um, when the AFC North was born, maybe from maybe. the Jags because the the no. Texans were a, fr- a Texans. expansion team in two thousand three, and that was like the last team to like just join the league. So they probably had to change it there. I think so because then previously the Jags and the Titans were in the AFC Central with the Ravens. So yep. going on twenty years since the playoffs have been realigned, and at this point, I've never seen an AFC so stacked wins wise. That's kind of where, where like that's kind of where like I'm almost sort of and this is maybe just me like already starting to rationalize, but if they miss out going 10 and six in a stacked conference this year, I'm not going to freak out in the way that some other fans are. That's kind of a, what are you going to no, do? No, we, we had them in the 11 and five. I think I had them 12 and four. You had them 11 and five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, things didn't quite boil down the way they wanted them to without Nick Boyle, without Ronnie Stanley, uh, a gross realization that I've had generally, well, let's just get into some Ravens talk before we kind of run down things. But I just feel like uh, I was a little, a little naive in not realizing that the Ravens really did just basically pick up Campbell, sign Wolf as well. And I, I love those two moves, but they just picked up those two, inserted a draft class, and we're like, all right, let's uh, let's do this thing. No Yandy and no Hurst. Uh, people, you know, make fun of me when I say this, but no Seth Roberts, a guy that I thought had some nice moments last year, and it was uh, a little silly to expect them to not have some severe growing pains. And I didn't see the youth of the offense. I didn't see the lack of dollars put there, the lack of veterans there. Uh, I'm not going to say Greg Roman is, it goes without fault in this equation. I'm not going to say that Eric DaCosta goes without fault in this equation, but at this point, I mean, you've had three months of games just about to get the experience, trim the fat, cut the fluff out of the offense and right here, at this point in the season, I think coming off of that Steelers game, you go down to your bare bones and you realize, like, I don't think they need to do this because of anything necessarily with Lamar Jackson. Well, I think he has could have played a lot better so far this year. But go back to that 2018 shit, man. Go back to pounding the ball. He's going to have to make plays. He's going to have to use his legs. Simplify the reads a little bit. And we were just talking about the Titans and the Browns. Fucking Mayfield and Tannehill, and I'll throw Kirk Cousins in there too that run that similar offense. They have simple reads. They have two, three receiver reads at times with max protect and play off of their run game and let him just toss it up. Like at this point, simplify things a little bit, lean into that ground game, lean into the option game a little bit more, throw some misdirection in there, go back to those bare bones of this option game and, uh, and, and go beat a couple teams, Cowboys, Giants, Jags. They haven't seen this offense. So coming down the stretch, go back to what you know, what you do, and what got you into the playoffs in 2018 a little bit while they don't have Yonda. Uh, I think they've got a little bit more speed than that team did overall. That was like Crabtree. They did have John Brown, but 
Uh, let's let's get back to the brass tacks of this offense and bludgeon people. They showed that they can challenge the Steelers up the gut and have been able to do some impressive things on the ground still uh, while the passing game has not been ideal. So at this point, strip it and cut the fat and go bludgeon people, man. Yeah, I mean, and I feel like you're kind of maybe being a little harder on yourself saying that you should have seen it coming. And like, I, I sort of feel the same way because like I expected the same thing. But what we were doing is we were doing literally what the front office did, which is that we had faith in the development of wide receivers and in young right. offensive linemen. These wide receivers did not develop in the way that they were supposed to. I know Hollywood stock is way, way down right now. I still think he can be a high-end number two wide receiver. Miles Boykin, I don't know if mentally he's there, but like maybe someday he could be like a good rotational guy uh, and like a red zone specialist. He's done some good things in the red zone in his career. Um, but yeah, we, we, we were counting on those guys. It didn't pan out. The organization was too. That was a miscalculation on their part. As was the offensive line, man. I mean, they, they and to be fair, they kind of did what they could. But like DJ Fluker isn't going to get it done. And doing what you do in the draft, where you don't really try to go after. An we offensive. knew that Yonda was going to be an issue. We yeah, knew yeah. That that, that was going to present an issue. But when you have Ronnie Stanley down as well, I mean, you don't see that coming. But it's and I think uh, and I think we also knew that there was going to be a little bit of a step back, like. It, even from just a number standpoint and from like a standpoint of just like general feeling about them is it is we were kind of thinking like, at least I, I know for sure that I was like, there's going to be points in the season where people are criticizing them and it's like, Oh, what happened to the team from last year? But as long as you feel good about them, then it's okay. So I think from that perspective, like the numbers have definitely dropped off. I don't feel great about them, but I don't feel as about as bad about them as some other people do. I think a big issue for them has been turnovers weirdly, which like, they were kind of one of the best teams in the NFL at protecting the ball last season, but I'm totally with you. Like just kind of get back to the brass tacks. And like, I think a lot, like weirdly, I find myself thinking a lot about that first start with Lamar. You remember like how, how much in despair this, this town was after that loss to the Steelers Flacco's last game as a Raven, he gets injured. They go into the bye week lock and fora, uh, you know, was just, you know, shooting shots, shooting a shot that they were going to be moving on from Harbaugh. And it's like, ah, shit. Like, you know, throw Lamar in there. Harbaugh's a lame duck. See what's going to happen. They come out there in that first game against the Bengals at home. And it just looks like an offense I had never seen before. Like, they're just using Lamar's physical abilities to their best advantage. They're, like, calling these QB draws up the middle. Like, that one, that first, like, really big run of his career was, like, a QB draw up the middle. He had, like, nobody within 10 yards around him. And, like, the center was, like, Matt 10. Matt whiffs on a block. 20 yards down the field. Yeah, he's like 20 yards down the field with him, and you got like everyone's buying in. Everyone's like doing what they have to do. And like I think getting back to a philosophy like that and a roster construction point like that. And I think like as fans, we grew up playing Madden, we get into this thing where like we think it can all be done in one offseason, and sometimes it can. Um, but I think it was maybe a little unrealistic with some of the issues they were facing, needing a number one receiver, needing to replace a couple of O linemen. But even with you saying that, it can't all be done in one offseason. I mean, they didn't really do anything this offseason. Yeah, so yeah, it yeah. Wasn't, no, it wasn't no going to happen this year. Yeah, no doubt. Um, just kind of more from the perspective of, like, even if they had, like, tried to do something, right. it, it wouldn't be, like, totally tuned up. The Cardinals are a good example of that. They made some really solid moves, but they're not quite there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think there was always going to be a step back. I think it's been a little bit more of a harsh step back than we were expecting. But um, I think there is a blueprint to get back to where they need to be. And uh, I think some of it, honestly, is going to start tomorrow night and uh, down this stretch of the season, kind of see what you got. Take stock of who you need to hang on to, what you need to do. Is some of the fat in this receiving core going to be able to be trimmed and get guys like Duvernay and Prochet more 
reps next season? Is Des Bryant somebody you're going to want to have stick around for another short-term contract or whatever it's going to be? Are you going to need that third tight end? And uh, get a clearer picture on this offensive line and uh, decide whether you need to bring in like some sort of alpha dog, whether in free agency or the draft. I think uh, they're set up for a, a good opportunity to learn a lot about themselves over the course of the next five or six weeks. Right. And it fits into, you know, the Ravens haven't really been able to finish games. That Eagles game couldn't put them away. Get, did everything to put them back into it. Scored a go-ahead, go-ahead touchdown against the Steelers in, what was that, week 10, week 9, whatever week it was. And they, you know, end up letting up a touchdown and then can't finish them on offense. The defense then kind of counterbalances it eventually gets a stop, gives the offensive ball back. They can't get it done. You know, the Patriots game, absolute shit show in the monsoon. They they couldn't go finish. They couldn't, you know, the defense ended up coming up strong at the end of the game. The offense couldn't carry their weight. The Titans game, 21 to 10. I, I'm going to say both sides couldn't get it done there. Ravens have a chance to score at the end of that game, end up having to kick a field goal because they're just pissing away seconds and, and not able to have the efficiency and the determination. And, uh, you know, you can blame that on, several aspects, but they're struggling to finish. So at this point, coming off of a really, you know, heavy balled, you know, big nut swinging performance against the Steelers down 18 guys, that was, in my recollection, that was probably the most positive loss in Baltimore Ravens history, especially recently that I can remember where, you know, they had every excuse to just get rolled on by that Steelers team that was talking a lot of shit, and they don't. They man up. They're able to, you know, they a ton of their defense wasn't out. A couple guys were just injured. Campbell and Williams probably don't play regardless of the COVID stuff, but they're able to create angles, and you have Chase Young tweeting now uh, after the Redskins, or excuse me, damn it, after the Wifters beat them up a little bit in that second half saying Baltimore exposed some things is uh, one of his takeaways, what they were able to do against the Steelers, and uh, that performance with the corners coming up big, you have guys like Devontae Harris making multiple plays in that game. Marcus Peters playing like a capital D dog. Marlon Humphrey back in alpha mode. Tremont Williams, who is literally Voss's age. Tremont Williams, who, yeah, might as well be, you know, recording a podcast, having his neighbors have a tree fall in their house and having to go run and help them. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to he, uh, you know, made a couple plays in that game, kept things close, gets stiff-armed by Juju, whatever, but... They've, uh, you know, that might be a game we're able to turn a corner. I think if you take two things away from the past month, which has been pretty shitty, considering the loss of the Patriots, the loss of the Titans, uh, it's that this offense needs to be streamlined like we saw against the Colts in the second half. That was a good half of football. And streamlined in the way that they also get back down to those bare bones. Like we saw them able to generate some chunk plays. Of course, you know, that Hollywood touchdown kind of puts a bow on a, on a turd sandwich a little bit in a way, but they were generating chunk plays. The defense of the Ravens was not terribly affected by COVID as much as, in, especially in just in comparison with the offense. And that offense was gashing the Steelers on the ground in the first half. Uh, they, you know, throw a pick six and drop a ball that ends up getting turned over. But other than that, Encouraging performance. So I think those are the two takeaways for the offense is to, to get back to that really hardcore option game a little bit more and speed it up at the same time. And those two things, I think, can take this team to the playoffs if they're able to. But ultimately, Cowboys are the matchup of this week, and you can't take them too lightly. A team that you know had a frisky performance against the Steelers. They are without Zach Martin, 
which really destabilizes their offensive line. That came out Monday, as we're recording today on Monday. Uh, that came out, and I smashed Ravens minus eight and a half as soon as I saw that, and I think the line moved a little bit after that. But got to handle the business still. And this, the sad part about this Cowboys matchup for me is that this is the classic weird-ass Ravens. Like, this reminds me of, like the Dolphins or the Texans Thursday night games that the Ravens had at home, and everyone's just piss-wasted in the stands at M&T Bank Stadium playing a weird team with a backup quarterback, and they just freaking drag them through the mud for four quarters. I have a big, big, big feeling this defense is going to stand on its its toes again after that. It's uh, like really when we, uh, it's like we were, we were just pounding beers in the the Thursday night game against the Jets in the the parking lot last year in the oh, freezing that cold. That happened last year. I forgot yeah. about that one. That was, uh, yeah, that was a good night. Yeah, this is this is basically a Thursday night game. I'm chalking it up to. It is the weird Thursday night game that the Ravens get against a backup quarterback like every other year, and they just drag them through the mud. And that's, you know, the fan in me saying that, but I've seen this story before. And at this point, Cowboys kind of packing it in. A couple guys, if Zach Martin went on the IR, that kind of felt like it was like, all right, you know, what are we going to do here? They're not confident they're going to win the division. Jerry Jones probably trying to make some more meta moves heading into the offseason with Dak on his mind and things like that. So, uh, this Cowboys team traveling across the country. They've still got Demarcus Lawrence. They've still got a great receiving core. They still have Ezekiel Elliott, who's whatever at this point. Tony Pollard has really looked more impressive than him in, as- in certain aspects, but feels like it's going to get ugly. I uh, don't think that the Cowboys offensive line is going to be able to hold up against the Ravens manipulating them. At this point, they're going to have, we'll see exactly who back, but with Ngakwe, Bowser, uh, possibly McPhee, and some of these other guys, they're going to be able to create some serious pressure. And this Cowboys defense can't stop the run. So it's it's going to be a long night for them boys, it feels like. Ravens tweeted out transactions three days ago, activated from IR and returned to practice. Our CB Anthony Averett and wide receiver Chris Moore activated from reserve COVID-19, running back J.K. Dobbins, linebacker Pernell McPhee, centers Patrick McCarry and Matt Skura. Robert Griffin III to the IR, meaning Trace McSorley, is going to be the backup for the rest of the season, likely. So sick. Love him as QB2. Yep. Signed to active roster, Luke Wilson. Um, signed to practice squad, uh, Tommy Bohanan, the fullback who's like been around for a while, weirdly. Parker Enger, uh, the guard who's been around. Braxton Hoyt, defensive tackle. Uh, signed to the practice squad. Injured reserve was tight end Sean Culkin, who had been kind of flirting with the active roster. Since then, they've activated Lamar. They did that today. It sounds like he's been doing walkthroughs. Uh, he's, you know, done some practicing up to this point. Looks like he's going to be back into the mix. And uh, like we mentioned, Trace United is going to be QB2. Uh, RG3 probably not going to be reactivated again by, uh, before the end of the year, though they do have three weeks to do so if they choose. Uh, yeah, so they're, they're in an interesting spot. And I guess we can start on the offensive side. Feels like that run game hasn't been there, like you mentioned, is we don't even have to touch on Ingram, but is Dobbins coming back? Do you think that is is that gonna factor into the run game at all as much as it is like those two centers coming back, or what do you think? At this point, man, I just want to see some I just want to see some house calls. I loved what I saw at Justice Hill in terms of juice, in terms of of play speed, aggressiveness, the angles he was taking, his his vision and patience while moving at a freaking, as a lightning bolt. Um, he had a filthy, dirty, he, this was only on a six-yard run that he had. I think it was actually, it might have been a reception actually, but he had a filthy, just straight crossover, one-on-one with a defender in his face. Uh, I, I love what I saw to Justice Hill. 
Dobbins has had some of that intensity. I would like to, you know, I feel, I love Gus. Gus is great. Gus is incredible in short yarded situations. Who knows if he's going to be on this team next year. It feels like Ingram will not, but I would really love to see what a two-back rotation with Hill and, and Dobbins kind of looks like. But at this point, I haven't really seen a ton out of Dobbins between the tackles. Uh, it, it's mainly those outside, you know, veer concepts. He's getting keeps on those and some outside zone, and, and he's great on those. Uh, so it's it's quite interesting. I'm not sure, and the COVID throws a wrench into it. Like, we've discussed this. Were they sick? You know, are they having a little trouble breathing? That happens. We don't know. We don't know. Uh, so who knows? Not us. And I'm not scared to kind of lean on Justice Hill and Gus Edwards, if that's the case. Dobbins, I would love to see, you know, get some get some mix. But I just feel like if you give Justice Hill some touches, he does. He's, he's electric, man. He's a big play creator. He's able to do things in terms of, of kind of cutting back across the green and cutting up field and uh, some of those outside concepts. It's, it's just interesting. I don't know how to work this stable of running backs right now, but Dallas is really struggling between the B gaps, between the C gaps, and that's Gus Edwards' territory a little bit more so. So maybe we see Gus Bus get going a little more. The Steelers did a good job kind of stymieing him. He did have a couple nice runs. Uh, one was called back. I think he ended up with like, eight carries for 10 yards and a touchdown, something of the sort. But in this one, I'm not sure. I would kind of like to see Lamar just do the damn thing with his legs and uh, and get those angles going, get this option game cooking a little bit more, get some, some badassery, get some confidence back into that run game, let these offensive linemen go figure it out and make a name for themselves. Yeah, it's kind of what I wrote in the dossier. I just finished it up before we started going here. And it looks like by DVOA, the matchup, goes pretty towards the Ravens being efficient in the run game, uh, at least more, much more so than, than they are in the past. It looks like they're 11th in the rush game uh, and 22nd in the pass by DVOA. And then that goes up against the Cowboys, who are like 26th in total. And I think they're, they're slanted maybe a little more towards the pass than they are the run. I think they're like 29th in the run. So it definitely sets up for a game where you just line up and just kind of do what you have to do. And with those offensive linemen coming back, that's going to be big. Running backs, like... Like you mentioned, I feel like you're not really seeing a ton from Dobbins that Hill wasn't bringing to you the last couple of weeks. So maybe one of those two guys, hopefully Dobbins is healthy and ready to go, but maybe get some Pat Ricard in there. Just do what you have to do. Get a hat on a hat and uh, get these guys running and then maybe do some uh, bootleg stuff with Lamar. Maybe even to get him out in space. You know, we saw them have that touchdown run with him where you had the naked bootleg and he ran out to the left. Maybe something like that. That's obviously a little more... uh, a little more field area specific. So we'll see about it all. But I think just some some creative stuff to get him moving in the running game. I feel like this isn't a game where even though it sets up well for them to be able to maybe get this passing game going, I think you just kind of do baby steps and uh, get a hat on a hat and uh, just play old school Baltimore Ravens style football like we were talking about. Right. The Cowboys run a lot of cover three. Uh, Xavier Woods is really the only man on that, aside from Demarcus Lawrence, but Xavier Woods is the only man in that secondary that – is competent. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, the rookie out of Bama, he's been awful. Uh, he's been really bad. Their corners overall get lost in that zone coverage a ton. Passing things off, I would like to see. It, it stinks they don't have Mark Andrews, but you know it might encourage some more Dez usage. It might encourage you know the receivers just to get a little bit more involved. I'm sure Wilson will somehow end up with like five catches for 50 yards or something. Yeah, but, he will. He's going to have a big night. It's Tuesday night, guys. Everybody <laughs> likes to come over the house. We're having a kegger, man. 
Call up. <laughs> what was Vince Vaughn's company? I'm here for the gangbang, man. Um, what? Vince Vaughn's Speaker company. City. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like some sleazy like TV salesman or something. He owns like a Best Buy, but it's like a knockoff. And he's like on the commercials and stuff. Yeah. yeah. What do they have? Snoop Dogg come out on stage. Guys, get um, Snoop Dogg out of my house, man. I got to get some sleep before work tomorrow. Oh, SNOOP. What's up, man? Great to see you. He's going to smoke this J with you and then go sleep with a 17 year old girl. My oh, boss's daughter. Oh, no. That's an interesting storyline. And uh, even for like 2003 or whatever that was. Yeah, I'm, right. That's, that's something. That would be destroyed in today's uh, today's world. It is messed up. But it's uh, Luke Wilson time. I'm sure somehow he'll have like three for 38 and, and a big first down catch because Lamar just can't keep his paws off those tight ends. He, he can't help himself. Little redemption effort for Luke. I, I'm hoping he's able to uh, make something happen here. Absolutely. And at this time, I mean, it's Hollywood time, man. I don't care. I, I, I want Hollywood getting eight, nine targets in this game. Like, feed him deep balls. Go. Max protect. Simplify things like I was saying. The number one example of that that I can kind of think of, back in 2018, they ran the pylon concept, which is it was a two-receiver route concept. We saw the Saints run that for Taysom Hill. And uh, we've seen Ryan Tannehill get that a couple times where it's just two deep crossers. They intersect down around the red zone, let Hollywood go freaking burn across the field and lay one out in front of him. See if Lamar can, can find a little bit more rhythm on some easier stuff, then open it up a little bit. But uh, at this point, got to feed off that mojo. Hollywood has a little, a little taste of that mojo going right now off that huge, huge, huge touchdown. Had a couple nice catches in that game against Pittsburgh as well. So, Let's see what he can do. Some of those switch route concepts, some of those, you know, uh, scissors that we talked about, switching it up, getting forcing trade-offs in coverage. Like I said, the Cowboys run a ton of cover three. Force guys to trade off in coverage. And Lamar just... I just keep coming back to Deshaun Watson, man, because Deshaun Watson comes into the league, what, a year earlier? If I'm not mistaken, he was 2017. Yes. Am I right? Yeah. And then ended up tearing his ACL, but... Watson, you know, comes out on fire his rookie year. And I don't want to say Lamar was, you know, anywhere near as awesome of a passer as a rookie. He wasn't. Deshaun Watson was lighting shit up as a passer. Lamar clearly needed some work. But ends up having this dynamo year. The next year, Deshaun Watson ends up, you know, leading this Texans team to the playoffs a couple of times. Has some, some really gutsy performances and things like that. And times, things broke down when the Texans weren't doing well offensively. He was holding the ball too long. He wasn't throwing in rhythm. He was trying to, you know, make the perfect play every single play. They take DeAndre Hopkins away from him, which, you know, takes a big crutch away. And I don't, it obviously wasn't good for them in terms of winning games, but I think it advanced Deshaun Watson a little bit in terms of development. You watch him even this past Sunday down well fuller now, and the ball's coming out with heat quick. And he understands if my receivers aren't in the right place, there's nothing I can do about it. It's going to be blown anyway. You're going to throw some picks, have some confidence, let guys go make plays, put some heat on the ball. And uh, it, it makes it a little bit more unlikely to be a turnover because we damn well know defenders only play defense because they don't have them hands for the most part. Get that ball out on time. That's what I want to see out of Lamar. He's had some time off. Hopefully, like I said, we don't know the whole COVID situations. Was he sick? Was Dobbins sick? Who's sick? I'm sick. He's sick. You're sick. Who knows? But if these guys aren't, they're really rested and maybe able to, you know, take a step back and, and simplify things. Greg Roman cut some damn fat and uh, 
go play, man. It's it's time. It's time to let loose, have fun, let the ball fly out early in rhythm, and launch it, man. I'm I'm excited for this one. Hollywood had that fire in his eyes after the touchdown, too. He ran up to Trace. He was sizing him up like, this is what we do. We do this We've shit. We've been doing this shit, man. So that's uh, that's that's good stuff right there. I want to see more of that. So switching over to the defensive side of the ball, we have this uh, coming in across the wire from friend of the show, Skip Bayless. Oh, no. Don't tell me Washington is going to pull off an even bigger upset in Pittsburgh than the Giants incomprehensibly did at Seattle. Zach Martin is gone, and so are the Cowboys' chances, I guess, in all caps. So I wanted to touch on that. The Cowboys are three and eight. Are we they love even? Skip. We love Skip. Uh, we do. Uh, <laughs> they're three and eight. So, like, I don't understand why he's like living and dying by them, if not for just the performance art of uh, first take or whatever it's called. <laughs> Zach Martin to the IR today. That has got to be a massive loss for this team that was already down Tyron Smith and is uh, having issues along the offensive line. Lael Collins as well. Travis Frederick, you know, done from the sport and. I think they're out. Uh, Connor Williams as well. I might be. No, I, I think, think he's still he's still week. healthy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're trotting out some backup dudes and their backup quarterback and their defense is piss poor. On their offense, they face. I mean, teams load the box. They choose to run into it with Zeke. Zeke has had nothing going. Been completely inefficient. He's never really been that efficient. I do think there's some you know. People think Zeke's a little bit overrated, yada, yada, yada. I, I still think Zeke is a great back. He's had some serious fumble issues. Their, mo- their mojo is definitely off. Overall, they're not able to get movement on the ground game. He is not an explosive runner by any means in terms of, you know, busting out 15, 20-yard runs. And they've had to simplify things. They're not able to really just run some lead and some zone stuff and just push you off the ball. They have to get a little bit cute. And I think we're going to see Andy Dalton trying to, you know, get the ball out to the sidelines a little bit, take some pressure off that run game, put the ball in C.D. Lamb's hands, Amari Cooper a little bit. But it just feels like the Ravens cornerbacks are dialed in right now. They are the, you know, the meat and potatoes of this team, frankly. They are healthy. Knock on wood. They have Anthony Averett coming back. They just had a huge game where (laughs) really – The only reason that game was close is because Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters were playing on God mode in that game. Marlon Humphrey was locked down, has a two-force fumbles, big pass deflection, has the P.I. down the field. That probably was a P.I., yeah, I think that was a good call. But other than that, he was, you know, making plays in the run game, looked like he did the first, like, month of this season. And now as the, you know, the six-force fumbles, he's back on that bullshit. And those guys are going to be able to clamp down Andy Dalton's not going to be able to hold the ball. They're not going to be able to do some, you know, long developing plays at all. And it just feels like the Ravens are going to lock down on those receivers. They're going to create exotic pressure packages with Bowser, who's been playing a ton of inside linebacker over the A-gap, which has been super duper fun. He is the best coverage linebacker on the Ravens, I would like to say. At this point, I think LJ Fort does a nice job. Malik Harrison is uh, secretly, you know, kind of savvy there. They don't ask him to do a lot. Queen been crazy, crazy, crazy up and down, very inconsistent, very bad, and had some good games as well in coverage. But I like what they're doing with Tyus Bowser. I like Yannick Ngakwe to have a big game. I like uh, you know him to be able to really blow past these kind of makeshift tackles and do some things. I think that they're going to play. The Raven Wink Martindale is really going to get into his bag. He did last week. 
going to create some exotic blitzes, some delayed stuff. I highlighted one on the Baltimore Beatdown Instagram and uh, on my own Twitter, I believe. And some of the stuff he's doing right now in terms of the bluffs and delayed blitzes is out of this world, able to drop guys like Aaron Adoye into coverage and take away, you know, some primary reads. And they just gave big benefits. I can't imagine that Andy Dalton's able to come in here and, you know, consistently move the ball for four quarters. I think they'll force a couple turnovers, probably two or three in this game. And uh, able to play around, have fun, generate some big plays, some sacks, some turnovers. I think this is going to be a dominant defensive performance tomorrow. Yeah, and hopefully, uh, you know, they're ready to go. They've got uh, some guys that are playing well. It looks like Amari Cooper has been pretty sick recently. Um, and then CeeDee Lamb, as an owner of him in fantasy football, he's been uh, extremely good all season. And then obviously Gallup is a big play threat. I feel like he's been kind of negated without Dak in the lineup. Uh, but they, for sure, Gallup is kind of the the one who's really suffering. Yeah, they, so they have some receiving options. Tight end is kind of weird. They've got like Dalton Schultz and some other like guys that I don't really like know too much about. But it's just kind of the wide receivers and the two running backs that you mentioned, and then the the running backs are hurt by the offensive line issues, and then obviously that compounds into the pass game. Twenty sixth in overall DVOA, twenty fifth in pass DVOA, and twenty first in rush. So a little bit more of a rushing team right now. Like you mentioned, Tony Pollard has definitely looked better than Zeke in a lot of spots, and. That's going back to, like, the start of the season. Like I mentioned, he was one of the guys that was looking at as uh, one of the first COVID cases, and he's had a little bit of a rough effort this season. So, you know, hopefully he can kind of turn things around. I don't know if it's going to be happening in this game with uh, Campbell returning. Looks like McPhee might be returning. Brandon Williams maybe too. So Judon out definitely hurts, but it looks like they're going to be having a lot more horses up front than they have the last couple of weeks with those guys being out. Is Judon Judon's injured? I think he's he's got the vid. He still is on COVID. Yeah, he's got the vid. He's he was like, he was like tweeting a video the other day about how he like hates mac and cheese or something, and he was like able to uh, eat right. it without issue because he couldn't taste it, which is tough. Right, cantaloupe and something of the sort. Judon a loss, but at this point, uh, that you know kind of shines some some positivity into the Ngakwe trade. Very convenient to have him to be able to fill in and get after it on third down, do some things, especially able to beat up on some bad offensive lines. He crushes slow left tackles. He obliterates them with that cross chop. Saw it last week. He was able to beat Villanueva and uh, get Ben once. Didn't make a ton, a ton, a ton of noise, but he's an explosive presence there. And I just like Tyus Bowser being on the football field, plain and simple. Uh, he has been able to be a true chess piece, kind of like a queen, even though they have Patrick Queen, able to move him all around that defense, drop him, Send him. Blitz he him just up the like take, he's just like uh, taking perks and like tripping out on the uh, the ceiling, watching like chess pieces move around. Whatever the hell she was taking, some sort of greenies, I think. I think she was literally taking like greenies. Math. Yeah, I mean that would be like amphetamines, maybe that would make sense. But yeah, what what is? <laughs> go ahead. Queen's Gambit, so fucking good. I gotta finish it. I only saw like the first couple episodes, but oh, pretty the good. First couple episodes suck. The end of the show is phenomenal. I'm a big uh, Bill Camp guy who plays like her mentor or whatever. He was on that show the night mm. of. He's very good. Uh, but Tyus Bowser, what a sweet guy. He's tweeting about uh, how he shouldn't have run the ball out of the end zone. That made me feel so bad for him. Marcus Peters like railed on him on the sideline too. As soon as that <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I bet he did. But you know, he made a play. Let's let's give him a break. That's what I'm saying. That I that was my take. And so, someone was like shitting on me for saying that. I was like, bro, you made a fantastic play. Costed the offense 10 yards, but... Ed Reed would literally turn the ball over sometimes. Ed Reed would literally turn the ball over sometimes trying to, like, make a touchdown happen on his intercept. Lateral the ball. I'd rather my guy do that than, like, 
just like take the knee or whatever and like give that flat. Baltimore Ravens don't touch back in the end zone. That's not that's not what we do here. Especially when your quarterback is RG three, who like has this weird pop gun arm and like gets hurt on like his first big run of the season. It, you know, just kind of kind of a tough tough sell to me that the offense was going to do anything from the twenty there. They throw a pick six. Yeah, like it. <laughs> it's like it, you know, try to make any play. Ingram's you can. going to take that one to the house either way, and that brings me on to one note. If we, I will get may, maybe on the fire Greg Roman train under one condition. If he goes five wide, sticks James Prochet in the right slot, and runs mirrored routes, whip route where Prochet goes in and out underneath continuously. Number one, if he just runs that. And number two, I'm going to be pretty pissed if he doesn't play off of that and use the fact that the Ravens have thrown two pick sixes on that. And uh, I think Prochet has three targets. They're 0 for 3 on those and two pick sixes. Like, teams are seeing that on film and going, oh, Prochet, right slot, empty. Oh, they're going to run this exact play. Build something off of that. If they run the exact same thing again, I might I might join Team Firebird Roman. I might, regardless of what happens against the Cowboys. Because at that point, it's egregious. They keep running the same shit out of that exact same alignment and personnel. I also like James Prochet. I would like to see him, you know, do some stuff downfield. Let's see what he can do. But is this going to be a Des Bryant game? That is my question. I think uh, I think it definitely is. They're going to be scheming shit up for him, I think. Uh, you don't want to get too sentimental, obviously. You don't want to, like, feed into a storyline. But this is a storyline, and I think Des has done a nice job of saying, like, yeah, it's a big game, but, like, I don't have any hard feelings. I'm just hoping I have a good game out there. Uh, and, you know, get to say hi to my guys. And Jalen Smith was, like, That's talking about... That's a perfectly about, professional response, but I think it's bullshit. Yeah, well, I think uh, I think it is. Um, it would probably be, probably be worse if, like... Witten and Sean Lee were like really big figures on this team right now who seemed like to be the the main guys he had an issue with and Garrett's not there anymore. I think he wants to show out, but like I don't think like I think if those guys were there, there would be some some malice in his heart. But I think he just wants to get out there, score his first touchdown, throw up the X and kind of be like, Yeah. You know, you know what's up. All all my exes live in Texas. Like I'm George Strait. This is what was interesting from that Steelers game as well. Des Bryant ran a filthy, dirty blaze out, kind of like a almost. Don't you? A uh, you you're out. telling me that you're always doing filthy, dirty blaze outs right before we record. <laughs> and oh, that is not a route that is typically run within the Ravens' route tree. A blaze out, especially ISO, meaning what is that? What inside. I can't even picture that. What does a blaze out look like? It is basically running pretty straight, like trying to get on the toes of a DB just giving a little inside stem release, like a little jab step to the right, head fake, and then just hitting a hard, flat break towards the sideline after breaking inside a little bit. So you're running an out route, but you just hit a hard inside stem and then try and flatten out back towards the sideline super hard. He crossed a Steelers DB up, made them eat shit. Edelman does that shit RG3, all the time. RG3 got sacked because he was staring it down and didn't you know, throw with any anticipation over there, but... Des might have walked into the end zone on it. Not a route that I've seen much. And this is what I've seen out of Des Bryant's route running. Finally, someone who uses their arms, they, he pushes off, he is physical to separate. He understands how to box out, use his body frame, and push off. He simply pushes off. And no fucking Ravens receiver does that. None of them. They are so soft and other than Willie, Willie Sneed doesn't even push off. He just like attacks the ball like a Tasmanian devil. But someone who understands how to use their body, 
push off, create separation, being physical. Mark Andrews doesn't even do that much. He just is, you know, a great route runner and enormous. So at this point, it is fantastic to see someone do that. And I think it's time to feed him, man. I really, 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 really do think it's time to feed him. Okay. I'm into that. So it's a pretty tight little hour we've got going here. I guess it's almost uh, time for little predictions. What do you think? A little predicky, little dicky predicky. Yeah, let's By the way, uh, you, season, two of, uh, season two of Dave, that's looking pretty good. Hi, I'm Dave. No, 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 Dave. No, 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 Dave. Let me pull up. I just wrote it all up if you want to go first here. Um, I'm feeling a very dominant defensive performance, as I said. I think Lamar has a primetime performance against a crappy team at home. We've seen a couple of those now from him and kind of just is in the Harbaugh wheelhouse. I don't think the Ravens have any trouble understanding the urgency and the intensity that is now being required at six and five. I'm going to go Ravens 33, we them boys. Uh, let's go 33-13, I think this is going to be a big, 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 big win. Uh, I don't think that Dalton is going to be able to get it done. Ravens defense is really clicking right now, it feels like, other than, you know, kind of falling apart against the Titans. But I think after that Steelers game, they understand how to fill gaps and run the alleys. And I think they're uh, in a good place, in a very good place, able to rely on those corners and do some exotic things up front. So I think this defense scores a touchdown. I'm going to I'm gonna call it DTD in this game. I like that. So I think if that happens, it's going to go over my score. I think what I said in the write-up is basically like, what we've been talking about here, just kind of an old school ground and pound game. Don't try to get too fancy in the pass game and just do what you need to do to uh, get the win and get the fuck out of Dodge. So I did little spread is eight and a half. I did a little backdoor cover here. Ravens 23 Cowboys 16, maybe like a late field goal or something pushes them up from 13 to 16. And the, the Ravens walk out of there with a, uh, a satisfying, not like crazy overly convincing win, but uh, they're going to get, they're going to be, I think feeling pretty good about themselves heading into Monday night football against the Brownies. If this game was played in front of actual fans at M&T Bank Stadium, it would be awesome to see like Willis McGahee or Ron McLean be the honorary Raven of the week. <laughs> Which, by the way, the, the greatest, uh, we'll get to the comments, but uh, the first one was from our buddy Naturally Cats. Think the key to the win tomorrow will be feeding Leron McLean, which uh, it's funny. Like, I, I always find it funny, like how like a regular season win like that, which like at the time, maybe it feels kind of random, but like you don't realize like a decade later, you're still going to be talking about a game like that. Like, I don't know, man. That was a pretty big deal. It was, it was, it was a big deal. Down, at, closed down that stadium. It was a big deal at the time, but the fact that every time the Ravens like play the Cowboys or like anything like that gets brought up, I think is fucking awesome. And um, shout out McClain, to one of the one of the most underrated Ravens of all time. Yeah, guy who uh, dealt with some issues the last couple of years with like mental health. I hope he. Uh, it sounds. I think he got the help he needed. Um, so hopefully he's able to uh, get back to where he uh, get back to where he needs to be because I think. Um, I think they are going to want to do like that whole honorary thing that they were doing for all the guys last year for, for him and maybe Willis at some point, like it's going to be eight years before the Cowboys come here again, unless there's some kind of realignment. So like maybe then they do it. Um, that's obviously a long time from now, but uh, yeah, that game, that game is uh, I, I just love the, the place in the, the heart of Ravens fans that it holds. It's just so like emblematic of like the league, like the Raven fan mentality, like the league's always trying to screw us. And like the Cowboys like scheduled us for a homecoming game. Like, it's like I just think it's cool and kind of funny how we like key in on stuff like that. I like it. Plus, Ray Lewis was like heavily rumored to like be leaving the like Ravens going to the Cowboys. Cowboy. Yeah, yeah. 
Jerry up in the booth. Like, <laughs> oh god, I love the Cowboys. Same. Okay. I just love the NFC East. Yeah, it's 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 Shakespearean theater. So it sounds like we both got a, a win. Uh, you a little bit more convincing than me, but I think we both feel good about it. Uh, if you now want to jump into questions before we get rolling, yeah, let's do it. Got a few on Twitter. After throwing it out, first one comes from Calvin with Trace McSorley finding a way to Hollywood, finding a way to get Hollywood involved last week. Should we expect a better effort to get the ball in his hands? Also, do we just say fuck it and give him the backup job even if RG three returns at some point? This team confuses me more than my relationship. Well, <laughs> best of luck in your relationship. I, I think this is the guy who has a baby on the way. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that you know, it, it not too confusing. Sure, we'll hear more on that. But are they getting Hollywood the ball? Uh, Trace. Let's start with Trace. Is he? You think this is? I, I I put it out there that I think Trace is going to be the backup in Baltimore for the rest of this year and probably next year and maybe even after that from here on out. I love me some Trace Unitas. We all know that. It was, uh, I mean, it was a little bit of a fluky play. Let's 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 be honest here. It was a little bit of a fluky play. Was it spectacular? Yes, it was. I think Terrell Edmonds tries to go make a diving play on the ball a little bit. Hollywood gets the ball in space was the moral of the story. Get him the ball in space. Yes, please. Comebacks. Anything where he is coming back to the ball, gets a little bit ahead of steam, gets you know some, some vision to the field. He's able to do spectacular things. In the actual open field, he just never gets the ball in space. When he does, it's like a four-yard gain, and there's two linebackers near him, and we all know he has taken – he has pleaded the fifth to getting a – crucified by any sort of linebackers. So that's how he yeah, runs. Yeah, even the ball, man. I think just let him just keep throwing those go routes. I don't care if they're incomplete. I don't care if they get picked off. Keep throwing deep posts and go routes and all kinds of stuff for him. Yeah, he, so Hollywood, definitely, I think this could be a big game for him. And then Trace, like, yeah, everyone talks about the big play. Like, I thought he looked okay outside of that. Like, the ball, like, at the very least, he felt like a breath of fresh air from RG3. Like, the ball came off his hand with a lot more pop. He had that little uh, scramble where he like got up in the dude's face after he got the first down. So, like, it's not it's not great. I don't think he's ever going to be some like great starting quarterback, but it feels like he's that instant offense like microwave guy that just comes off the bench, uh, you know, and uh, maybe does some things for you in a game where you need it. So, I think uh, I think he sets up to be a nice, capable backup for you uh, down the road. Um, Steve Fisher, will J.K. be the lead back going forward, or should we expect to revert back to running back by committee? It's just different situations, different concepts for different guys. Gus Edwards is running the power yardage stuff, the short yardage situations. Dobbins takes a lot of outside carries. They like to run some, you know, stupid first and 10 crap with Mark Ingram. 67% of his, 66% of his carries come uh, on first and 10, usually in between the tackles. Justice Hill, it really sucks to not to not get, get Justice Hill involved at this point. He's been playing with tenacity on special teams. Looked electric in that Steelers game, was, you know, fighting, fighting, fighting in that game. Looked like he was, you know, the juiciest player on the field, uh, charged up. So I would love to see him get a few touches here and there. But I do kind of feel that the Ravens have have too much going in this committee. Uh, there's, there's too many mouths to feed. It's a little annoying. I just hope that – I would prefer that they go on kind of a drive-by-drive drive basis more so than a, you know – sub every, you know, this situation, this play, this, that, this, that. 
let guys stay in for a drive, develop a rhythm, see if they can get something going. Like that's why J.K. Dobbins got furious in the Titans game. He was like, I am getting going right now. I am feeling it right now. I want the ball. I want to go win this game. And I think that keeping guys in for a drive would would go a little bit better. Yeah, I think um, just like whatever the situation calls for, like just don't be afraid to go to a guy in that situation, like for however long it takes. So like if you're in a passing situation, go to your passing back, which I guess is Hill at this point. If it's time to pound the rock, you go to Gus and maybe you sprinkle in a little little Dobbins and uh, maybe Ingram here and there and just, you know, just kind of feel it out. Don't Don't be too committed to anyone's strategy when you have all that talent. Uh, so we got two on Greg Roman, one from Harrison Bruns and one from Gatorade sign. The Harrison one says, will Greg Roman return next year? The Gatorade sign is, when are we going to fire Greg Roman? So a couple different angles there as far as Greg Roman goes. I'm really sick of the Greg Roman shit. I mean, if he, like I said, I'll, I'll join that train if he goes five wide and, and there's another pick thrown to James Prochet or at James Prochet, uh, that, that one makes me mad, but. The Ravens have a cheap young offense, take a shot. When you look around, look at the Broncos, look at similar teams with youth and not a lot of money offensively, the Ravens are the best offense that fits those those categories. Uh, it, there is execution. There are plays left on the field. Lamar not getting the ball to Hollywood. They end up scoring a touchdown anyway, I believe. Uh, not being able to hit Hollywood in rhythm. Uh, not being able to, you know, he gets Mark Andrews wide fucking open, who gets all the attention in the world two times in that Titans game. And he just called a really kick-ass game against the Steelers with literally a JV NFL team. So I, I don't, I genuinely don't get the Greg Roman hate. The plays get left on the field. There are guys open. There are good run concepts. There are, there are definitely issues that I have, like him taking too long to get play calls in, uh, subbing too much kind of losing tempo, losing momentum a little bit. Like I said, that that Colts game, they looked fantastic. They pushed the tempo. They dropped the substitutions. They let guys get in a rhythm. I think that is the the biggest thing that could help this offense right now, but it's too early to say. And this offense is underachieved. He is partially at fault, but I think everybody just wants to piss and moan at the offensive coordinator. You have to hold Harbaugh accountable as well. You have to hold Lamar accountable. Lamar's leaving plays on the field, man. He really fucking is. He's made some really great throws this year. He's made some spectacular plays, had two huge runs. A lot of a lot of throws getting left on the field because he's not trusting his read. He's not just he's not like what is the right word? Mindless. He's not in the zone. He's not numb. He's not, he's not in his uh, his, his uh he's not in his flow state. Shout out to our friend Joe. Right. He's not in his flow state. He's not just letting the play happen. He's not trusting his read. And that ends up with timing being fucked up, him having to roll out and do some schoolyard bullshit, which every fifth time he does it, it turns into something spectacular. But throw within the structure of the offense. If not, go get yards or check down quick. You need to speed up. Lamar needs to be quicker right now. And I think that is maybe the biggest single reason why this passing game is held back over anything else. And I'm going to finally say Hollywood Brown runs 10 different routes. That, for, that is some major thing going on right now that Hollywood runs through routes. No, he runs comebacks, hitches, curls. Hitches and curls are the same thing. Drags, slants, outs. Like, he ran a double move against New England. He runs posts. He runs everything. He literally runs pretty much every route. So I don't know where that narrative keeps coming from, but it's bullshit. And like I said, Lamar needs to get the ball out quicker. Yeah, we don't, like, it comes back to the thing we've been talking about where it's like, ah, oh, you don't want to put any blame on the players because you like the guys and they're the ones that are, like, 
making you the big plays and you want to give them all the credit when it's going well. And then when it's not going well, it has to go to this nameless, faceless entity up in a box. And, you know, frankly, it comes from people who, you know, it's not, it's not any knock against them, but for whatever reason, they seem to think that the solution to a lot of problems is to just fire somebody or like fire everyone. It's like guys like that's fine. Offensive coordinators. I want to say I'm making this up, but at least 90% of them don't last more than three years. Like they, how, how often what Josh McDaniels, the enemy might've been there for three years. Now this might be his third year. Mm -hmm. Like there's not a ton of, well, it's a, it's a fickle thing because they can, it's fickle because they can get fired quickly. And then if they have one good year, then they're gone. They go become a head coach. So like it's Roman had head coaching interviews. Like he could have taken one and then who do they hire? Some Harbaugh hates hiring young ascending freaking innovative minds. So he probably hires some other Tressman fucking lookalike and puts on his big clear plastic glasses and calls a shit offense. Like I just don't understand. Greg Roman goes from like Giro. Everybody loves Giro. (laughs) He's, He's freaking assistant coach of the year in February. Fast forward nine months, the Ravens lose Yonda, lose Hurst, lose Roberts, insert a bunch of rookies, no fucking veterans, and they're leaving plays on the field. But at the same time, they're in like they're not getting blown out. It's not like this offense is like so inept that they can't even do anything. Like everyone's loving Kevin Stefanski right now. The Browns four games this year, ten points, seven points, six points, and six points. They they scored less against the Steelers and Ravens so far in their two matchups this year, then the Ravens JV squad scored in Pittsburgh, 13 points against the Ravens and Steelers combined. The Ravens scored 14 in Pittsburgh. Like it's not all freaking roses all the time. Shit happens. There's always issues. Greg Roman's probably the second best offensive coordinator in the history of the Baltimore Ravens behind Gary Kubiak. Gary Kubiak. How long was he in Baltimore? One year. This team, uh, (laughs) This franchise rather kept Marty Morningweg around after 2017. So, like, a the Steve Ashadi just doesn't believe. Matt in, Cavanaugh was like a toothache. Steve Ashadi does not believe in just like firing people to solve stuff. So, like, even if that's the right thing to do, I'm just telling you, like, that's probably not going to be the case unless there is a colossal failure or if he gets a head coaching job. I mean, Jim Caldwell got a head coaching job after a pretty bad year in 2013. And, you know, by the way, probably could still be head coach if uh, the Lions weren't stupid. Uh, but moving on, Julian Bosch, uh, fuck the Steelers, they're frauds, and they were finally exposed for real with the L. That's all I have to say for now. That's a nice little message. They barely beat Jeff Driscoll. Chris Flash, uh, fucking A, watching today's game and last Wednesday's game. Man, oh man, do I wish the Ravens had the full healthy squad past game. Dobbins would have tore that ass up. Maybe, maybe. I think if you literally just put Lamar in that game, the Ravens. I was going to say, it's literally like just Lamar or maybe even like literally just a little more Trace and a little less Robert or the refs just not being fucking terrible, but that's... Possibly. My... Po- I mean, RG3 did throw a pick six and drop a ball. Yeah, and it felt like uh, RG3 with the pick six and like the fumble, like... Felt he like let a couple tra- nice drives though. I'll get one yeah, yeah, drive. yeah, he did. It, felt, it just felt like Trace, like the little bit I saw, I was maybe a little more confident in his ability to at least move the ball. But we don't have to relitigate all that. Jumping into the chat, uh, already hit naturally Katz's first one. Here's Kyle Boober, uh, a Twix chat here to say hi. Check out Kyle's Twitches if you have not. Zimmy Rhino, yo, oh pleasant with the uh, fist emoji, double, I like that. We got three Boober bombs, Boober bomb, Boober bomb, Boober bomb, 
Uh, oh, pleasant. Fuck Ebron. I'm with you on that. WB caps, boober bomb. Evan Ash. Damn, I missed the fucking boober bomb. There's a lot, so many boober bombs. Kyle's Kyle's building himself a little bit of a, uh, a, a situation there on Twitch. I mean, we're monitoring the situation. We're monitoring the situation. He's got some sins yeah, going. There's the, we're we're going to have to get in there and uh, do some investigating, see yeah. what's going on. Dude, there's, a, there's a situation developing. Uh, Evan Ash, Spenny live from the couch. What's up, fellas? He, yes, that's true. He's down on the uh, the casting couch. Uh, Know-it-all Sims. Sup, fellas? Sup, know-it-all Sims. Dominic Henson. If we, here's a take. If we don't make the playoffs, clean house. Do not waste a generational talent. He I, is Lamar's number one fan, beyond me. And I get it, but at this point, if you think Lamar, you can make excuses for Lamar, the offensive line, the wide receivers, the offensive coordinator. Yeah, 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 yeah. like you have to elevate above that. If you're a generational talent. If you're a talent, generational talent, yeah. Like they, they're if you're a generational be. talent, then you don't have down years. There's like four generational talents I, that I've seen in my life. Peyton Manning, Tom and Brady. Patrick Mahomes is the one. Yeah, right. Patrick Mahomes is one of them. Aaron Rodgers is the other, and then like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady are the other two. Uh, Eric Jacobs just can't finish. I agree. They need to figure out how to do that. One, two, three. Hey, that's me. Chase Young is savage. He is. Shout out to Chase Young. Uh, WB they Cap. did know. They did figure out how to finish. That's what they did in that fucking Colts game. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They, uh, you know, just gotta gotta do it from here and then. It's been a little while. WB Caps, I think he's talking about old school here, uh, was waiting for that. Imagine if the owner of your like local circuit city growing up had connections to get Snoop to come to a college house party. Old school asks us, nay, begs us to consider that. Hell yeah. It'll be something, man. He'd be, you know, in your backyard bringing all the beautiful babies and we'd be going to Vegas, baby, Vegas. My boss's daughter. Oh, my God. This is crazy, man. Hate that for him. Idiocracy? I'm the most average soldier of all time? Are you serious? I gotta watch Idiocracy. Blue, we're having the KY wrestling match in the basement of the, the Z house. What are we doing, man? Oh, Blue. They got Blue covered in jello. He's gonna have a freaking stroke. We're attaching a rope to the end of your dick with a cinder block, and we're gonna throw it down here. Spanish, be careful, man. Um, J.E. Wong, 47, all right, I'm done. Just had to get that out of my system. I know he didn't say anything prior to that, so I don't know what the thing was there. Hope y'all boys doing good. We hope you're doing good as well, bud. And then he wraps it up with James Porsche, vroom, vroom. WB Caps, uh, my opinion on some of what's going on, I think this is insightful. My opinion on some of what's going on right now in terms of Lamar gelling with receivers Especially the new guys, I think, is due to losing training camp due to COVID. Do you think next year is better, assuming the COVID situation clears up by next season? Knock on wood. I mean, everybody else had to deal with it, too. So I think that levels it. It's not like they had a unique situation. They had a atypical situation, but Stephon Diggs doing A-OK in Buffalo. You know, Justin Jefferson lighting the league on fire. Jerry Judy's looked great. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, like tons of... Tons of receivers in new places. Robbie Anderson, I don't think that's the issue. I think that the ball just needs to come out a little sooner. More more passes on first down, more play action on first and 10. And uh, Lamar just has to fucking trust that the guys are going to be where he wants them to. And if they're not, they're not. And there's nothing he can do. The Superman shit it isn't going to win a Super Bowl. You have to play within the offense to a degree. And uh, surprise defenses when things break down because you're hurting them, you're making them respect the first two seconds of the play enough and keep taking those deep shots, man. Keep, keep at it. 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 Keep letting Hollywood run under the ball. Keep trying. Just fucking throw it. As soon as you think, Hmm, Hollywood, the answer is yes. 
and let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah, he um I think it, like it's not going to help when you're a third-year quarterback like coming into a uh, a season with a young cheap offense uh to not be able to spend the offseason with them. So it definitely didn't help, but like yeah, you kind of like you can't totally do the the excuse and like blame game thing uh, at this point. You just got to hope it gets better. Like you mentioned uh, with the COVID, hopefully clearing up. Oh, Pleasant, he wants to join y'all's more. I think he's talking about Kyle there. Kyle, you are more than welcome to join us anytime, as you know. And I think we're going to be recording third installation of Host, Chief, and Deputy, which is him and Voss's show that I am a little bit of a producer on. Mark Burnside, who do you think our five best linemen are currently? Lots of changes and combos the last few weeks with guys returning It'll be interesting who's there. Mine is from right to left, Holden, Powers, Makari, Bozeman, and Orlando Brown. Hmm. Yeah, I'd probably... I really like what I saw to Will Holden. It was a yeah. small sample size, but I think uh, either him or Makari need to play right tackle. And yeah. if Makari's playing right tackle, then Skur at center or something of the sort. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. Uh, Dominic Henson follows up with, I enjoy you guys' input and knowledge of the game. Just don't want the same thing that happened with Joe happens with Lamar. I don't think that's going to happen. I think um, I've kind of hit on this a little bit. Like, DaCosta has I tried. hope it does. I hope they win a Super Bowl. That would be fucking Well, sick. yeah, yeah. And if, so I think he means, like, latter half Joe, which, you know, it uh, maybe some of that stuff is a little overblown. I think Joe just kind of... Uh, we'll get there when they pay him. When they pay him, we'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, like, I keep making this point that, like, DaCosta has drafted four wide receivers in his first... Like in the, in the first two years of the draft, four wide he asked receivers. Lamar who he wanted, and he said Hollywood, and he gave him in the him. first three rounds. He he picked Hollywood. I was excited about Miles Boykin. I'm still excited about Devin Duvernay. You know, like they, he's. I been, think Boykin Boykin's looked pretty sharp since that Eagles game. I think he's uh, needs some more. Uh, th- these guys just need volume, and I know I'm saying run the ball, use the option stuff more, but like there's just too many mouths to feed on this offense. In a sense that it, it's like as soon as one guy gets going. It's gone. Like for Willie Sneed to get going, it means that Marquise Brown isn't because there's not enough targets. And if if Marquise and Willie are both getting going, then the run game isn't, and you're not using your backs. Like it's just tough. And with these guys who are developing, they're not getting fed enough to actually develop. They don't. They also aren't controlling the ball enough. Plain and simple. Like they don't have enough top. They don't have. They're not running enough plays because they aren't sustaining drives like they did last year. And Probably won't ever again because that was insane last year. Uh, Dark Chocolate 33, why can't we develop wide receivers? The franchise is just cursed. That's what it comes down to. Um, Mark Burnside, who's the best wide receiver free agent the Ravens should target and favorite wide receiver to add in the draft? Uh, free agent, like everyone points to like Allen Robinson. He's the big name guy. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know anything about free agency right now. And like the draft, He's I know some get a huge contract from someone. And it's not going to be here. Probably not the Ravens. Yeah, and the drafts, like, I, you're a little more plugged in on that than I am right now. Um, uh, like, everyone's talking about Devontae Smith. He's not going to be there. Jamar Chase, another name. Rashad Bateman might be there. I don't, like, I haven't watched enough of these guys, frankly. So, like, I don't, I don't know if you have, like, any top picks. I really do like Rashad Bateman overall. But I'm, I mean, I'm more worried about the offensive line, man. If they can go get a Wyatt Davis or a Trey Smith or uh, – struggling with his name. The left guard had a USC, Southern California. Like I want another stud on the offensive line than add a veteran wide receiver. I I think a vet comes in, keeps things going, like understands where to be, how to read coverage, all that shit. They aren't good at developing them. 
buy one, end it. Keep Dez around too. That's 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 my thing. Um, and then finally, my buddy Christian chimes in from Twitter. Is it me or have they not even slightly attempted a trick play or something to give a surprise spark? I think that's an interesting thing because the Patriots have these like trick plays just ready to go, like right at the right moment all the time. And like I'm I kind of find myself thinking, why don't why don't the Ravens really do that? Harbaugh does that with special teams sometimes, but like not really a ton on offense to speak of. Not really. I would like to see some more as well. Just generally more misdirection as well. I think they can do some fun things with options that kind of split across each other. Should we go after Tooney or Sheriff? Yeah, they should. I agree. Okay, that uh, is all we have for tonight. Crisp hour and 10. Uh, Good show, bud. Appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Hopefully we are looking at the Ravens 7 and 5, and uh, that would be ideal because I'm not going to be mentally okay if uh, the Ravens lose this one to the Cowboys, but I don't think that's going to happen. Appreciate you guys, and that does it for me. Yep, we do appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, weird recording schedules the last couple of weeks with the games being weird. Hopefully we can get back to a... Super jacked up with the games. Yeah, so hopefully we can get back to a little bit of a normal rhythm. Uh, I think they've got the Brownies next Monday night. So maybe try to do like a Friday episode at the end of this week to preview that. But uh, in the meantime, hope you enjoyed this uh, Cowboys TNF Tuesday night preview. Uh, yeah, going to be a weird game. Like I, like I mentioned with the last week, like... You're watching Tuesday Night Football. Try to enjoy it. It's kind of a weird, cool thing. People are going to be talking about this for years to come, maybe. So uh, it could be a historic moment. Uh, hopefully the game is, uh, you know, goes the way of the Ravens and that they do find themselves at that 7-5 and five spot heading into that Browns game. And like I said, we'll be there to break all that down for you guys. So we appreciate you tuning in tonight. Uh, if you're listening to us on Apple, uh, go ahead and subscribe to us. Leave us that five-star review and rating. Follow us on Spotify if you're on there. Uh, wherever you're listening to your pods, just make sure you Tune right on in, or if you're on YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Getting some good numbers on that. Uh, and follow us on social media. You can follow the show on Twitter at Podcast Beatdown. You can follow me at Jake Luke, that is L-O-U-Q-U-E. Follow Spencer at Ravens4Dummies, that's the number four. Uh, and check us out on Instagram at Baltimore underscore Beatdown. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Have yourselves a uh, great rest of your week, and we will talk to you again very soon. See ya. Peace. All right, thanks a lot. Appreciate you guys. See you later. All right, God bless. Hell yeah. I'm <laughs> sorry.